Ladies and gentlemen, it is your boy, Sam Gilstrap. That name's got a ring to it like a wedding vow. Don't get it twisted. The ghost lights are back. We're still going strong. You know, I had to take some time off because in out of the blue, I got cast in the show. And, and, and that's what this whole podcast is about. It's about actors doing their thing and then talking about it. So uh, without further ado, I have an actor in the room with me, another artist, Christina Fontaine? Yes, Fontaine. Awesome. What's up, what's up? What's up? <laughs> how, how is the run of District Merchants by Aaron Posner over at Miner's Alley going? Um, It's the shit. It's really. the shit? It's awesome. It's so much fun to do. Good. We have such an awesome cast. Yes, you do. And it's just, it's so much fun to get to be able to play with these people over and over and over. And we always seem to find something new. Uh, oh, we get to experience... Some things together that are just one of a kind and so much fun. Well, um, without, <laughs> I, I don't know what that could possibly <laughs> no, that pertain really, to. Really like dirty. Wait, wait, wait! Make me feel creepy and also <laughs> intrigued. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't heard by now, there's this amazing show happening at Miner's Alley. It's called District Merchants. It is. It's a two and a half hour epic of. I would say Shakespearean proportion. It yeah. is loosely based off of the Merchant, Merchant of Venice. Venice. Yeah. Thank you. I'm in Shakespeare Bridge. You'd think I would know, but the play this is <laughs> loosely based off of. Anyway, w- without bashing myself, we are here. We are we are unofficially sponsored tonight by these little seven fluid ounce bottles of Corona. Everybody. They're a Coronita. Ooh, a Coronita. <laughs> Maybe next time Sam should read the box before he just <laughs> reaches into a cooler at a liquor store. Uh, Some tells me that these coronitas are not going to... Is there someone inside this house? No. Okay. Because the door just closed behind me. Now I'm really scared. Well, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an old... It's, it's an Poets old Row. I'm sure, I'm sure there's some angry poet running around here. He's like, you, you write shitty plays. How do you know? How do you know oh, they, Luisa May Alcott? They know everything. They do. They really do. Damn it. And then they do shit like that to scare the, to scare the shit out of you. <laughs> well, well they, they've got me trapped. I've got a cord that is like right by my feet that could definitely trip me up. And mm-hmm. Welcome to my home. Well. <laughs> you feel comfortable here? I do, actually. The, the coronita is healthy. So cheers. <laughs> cheers. Thanks for being a guest. Thank you for having me. It's mm. awesome. You uh, have... Since the first read, I was bartending at Miner's Alley that same night. Mm-hmm. You walked in and it was like, this new actress, who I've never seen before, <laughs> has got such great energy and spirit and is in a really awesome play. So well, I wanted, you. like, I, by all means, I should have someone like you on the, on the, on the cast, the Ghost Lights podcast. On the cast. On the cast. You know, and <laughs> since it is your, you know, first time on the cast, mm-hmm. we, we want to keep it fun and yeah. unpredictable. Oh, it'll, sure. Yeah. Unpredictable. Unpredictable? Much like the, the horn that's not doing what I want it to do. Oh, that's because I turned the sound down. No, Ha-ha. I got you. I got you. Pew, pew, pew. Oh, pew, it's pew. even better than that. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> you would assume at some point I would know how to work all of my <laughs> my laptop and mic and the websites that allow me to make you these know, sounds. You're, you're doing you're being way too hard on yourself. Like, I just want somebody to appreciate my work. <laughs> that is all. Hey, man. Hey. I'm doing good. Thank I believe you. I see you. I see you. So don't, don't start. Because <laughs> once you get me going, 
And I'm just, it's, it's just, just going to, it's going to be an intervention and we're not even going to talk to you. We're just going to like help me with my issues. And, and so this is a bad side. I am halfway through a coronita. These aren't very big, so don't no. judge yourself too harshly. True. I mean, these are like these are like adult juice boxes, really. Mm. This is mm. like a this is like a Kool Aid jammer size. Ooh. Like this is what this is like. It is a Kool Aid jammer size, right? I, man, I I feel like a kid again. Right. So that that begs the question. Mm-hmm. Theater, Christina. Yes. How did it happen? Oh, well, um, the first play I was in. Uh, I believe it was the second grade, third grade. It was the third grade play. Third grade. And we did um, Henny Penny in the Sky is Falling. Yours truly was Henny Penny. Yes. Oh, yeah. A star from the jump. Oh, it was adorable. I My mom made me like this big... <laughs> Like styrofoam chicken suit, and it really looked like three. Like I looked like a chicken. It was so cute, and from there, uh, I just I fell in love with it, and um, I just you know I I found little things to do. I did uh, the Christmas Carol at the Denver Center as a kid for a couple of years, and it just grew on me. You know, I met more and more actors, and just kind of became a thing. What were the things that grew on you? Well, aside from funguses. Aside from funguses, well, you know, aside from the fungus, uh, it was just that that feeling. There's like that high, Mm -hmm. you know, and when you experience it for the first time, it's like I'm assuming it's like doing meth for the first time. You gotta chase that all the way to the end. But see, this doesn't really kill you, or does it? Well, <laughs> some some of us are dying on the inside. If this the first five minutes of this podcast is any indication, <laughs> at least one of us is. Yeah, Hand me another coronita, please. <laughs> oh, honey, you want to line with your other coronita? See? I'll hook you up, girl. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Thank you. But, Let me see um, if they're twist off. They are not. They are not. Here's I'll, a bottle opener. That's how they work. All right. I'm a true adult. I have a Band-Aid if you do hurt yourself. I didn't hurt myself. Okay, do you not know how I, to use Not this time. Okay. Oh, I, wait a second. There, there it is. is. There it is. I also bartended Miner's Alley. Please come check their next show of District Merchants next Sunday. Yes. That's tip what, this man. Tip me because um, I need a new laptop as this podcast would definitely prove to you. Um, so that high that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. How does that manifest in you? Is it like, I can't stop thinking about the character work, the relationships? Was it even was it even something like that at the start? Or I is that mean, something that's been fostered in the years since Henny Penny? In the years since Henny Penny. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely been fostered. Um, but I just remember it just, it manifested itself in this, in this really physical way for me. Hmm. You know, like I just, there's just something that happened where I just focused. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've, I've never been one of those people who's very eloquent, I don't think. And I, like I, I'm always struggling for words. And I always, I found this comfort mm-hmm. in having this story to tell and knowing exactly what to say. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's it just became this, it, again, it was a high. And I just, and I love that feeling in my belly. Like, I got that, that like, fire, 
and it just like it kind of like radiates through you. Oh my god, it's 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 the best. It's the best feeling. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. It's that it's that it's that meth. It's that meth. Mm-hmm. That good that old Aaron, acting meth. That Aaron Posner meth. It's getting inside <laughs> you. So did you go to college for this and like major in this? Or I did. Awesome. I did. I went to SUNY Purchase. I was in their conservatory. Okay. Um, they have a really wonderful BFA program. Um, what and it's funny because I remember there being such a because I went to DSA for middle school and high school. So, um, so you're Denver product. Yes. That went abroad. Well, abroad went to SUNY. Yes. And then came back. Um, so I just I remember uh, when we were getting ready to audition for schools, like everybody was like, oh my god. Julia, I gotta go to NYU, or I'm going, I'm going to LA, and it's just like, I, I'm gonna check these schools out, but like, I feel like I'll know once I step on the campus, mm-hmm. and purchase was just that, that campus for me, like I stepped onto the campus, and it's just this beautiful, it's kind of in that Westchester area, yeah. it's this beautiful campus, and uh, it has this just wonderful energy to it. It was, for me, a nice stepping stone coming from Denver mm-hmm. and being close to the city without making that like huge, huge leap. You know, I was close enough to take a train and, uh, but still felt like I was in the forest and shit. Like, you know, I was like, mm, you know. Um, but, and then when I saw the program and saw who came out of the program, I was like, yeah, I, I, I want to go here. Who, who came out of that program? Um, they're known as the Purchase Mafia. That's Purchase what Mafia. the uh, alumni are called. But you have uh, Melissa Leo, Parker Posey, oh. Stanley Tucci. Oh yeah. You have Wesley Snipes that came out of there. I mean, you just you have so. so do we many still have people. to talk about Snipes? <laughs> I mean, do, do we? What do we? What do we? I mean, what is? Isn't he doing something right now? He's yeah, I'm sure he's like in the Expendables four. <laughs> Um, until Sylvester Stallone passes away. And then I bet you Jason Statham picks up the torch. I know. Yeah, absolutely. I can if, see that. If he's going to do a spinoff, like, there's one franchise that I love uh-huh. that doesn't need a spinoff, and uh-huh. that's Fast and the Furious. Oh, my God. But The Rock and Jason Statham are going to have a fast and, their own Fast and Furious spinoff. You think so? No, that's already been confirmed. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. They already started filming it. You know, I gotta be honest, I was never really into that whole Fast and the Furious. I can't imagine why. <laughs> you, you can't? No. I just feel It's like so it's... amazing. Paul Walker, may rest in peace, is probably, you know, <laughs> I don't believe in God, but if he did exist, he would have given Paul Walker to the masses as their acting. That's your gift. Like, really? look to this man. Oh, clearly. 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 Okay. Well, you know. Um, all Have right, you ever I... seen that vein pop out of his forehead when he's screaming about <laughs> license plates? No. Okay. I will I will say this. I will make a confession. Mm. I've actually never seen any of the Fast and Furious movies. It's probably for the best. It really is. You know, that's what I figured. If when you ever I... need to, I, I, I've got them all on Blu-ray. Well, you know, I saw the trailers, and I feel the trailers were enough. I feel like I got the gist of what happened. Wow. I, I feel like second, he's stabbing at me. Well, the second I saw a, a car drive off of, you know, like from a building into yeah. another build, I felt like, okay, well. Yeah, that was Fast 7 when they were in Dubai. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. That's... They had to shoot half of that movie without Paul Walker because he hit a he wrapped his Porsche around a tree one night mm. in the middle of filming it. Damn. He actually left a, he left a fundraiser. He did? He left, he was leaving a fundraiser about driving safe, driving and this correctly. was the night he died. And this is the night he died. Jesus. Yeah. 
I knew that it was a, a car crash and he was um, driving. Mm-hmm. Um, but By himself, I, not intoxicated. He just went uh, too fast around a corner. Kind of like a thrill seeker, just like that. Maybe. I mean, well, I imagine if I'm in a Porsche. I would I think wanna, so. I want to crank that one up. I like, drive a know. I drive a beat up Impala. Every time I get into a turn, <laughs> I want to I want to rev the engines and see what it can do. Remember, I mean, in high, out low, accelerate really, out of the, the turn. Oh, okay, yeah. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Um. So I don't what. Wesley Snipes is what got us on I this. Know, I know. <laughs> Wesley Snipes, Hello, you son Wesley. of a bitch, you screwed me again. <laughs> Oh, he is Smith. the demolition man. He is. Oh, he is. He's ruined this podcast. Let's start over. No. He is the sexiest vampire I oh. think there ever was. Have you seen Eddie Murphy? I'm sorry. I we can't we can't do Vampire of Brooklyn. And was that was that the one? Yes. Yeah. We're not gonna compare apples and oranges. He was, you know, he was just very different. When you're looking at them as, as, as vampires, you know, one is definitely going to save your life. The other one is going to kind of seduce you in a very interesting way. Yeah. But, like... In a very effective way. I mean... Yeah, was looking good. with that perm? I mean, yeah. yeah the, the perm was... But, you know, honestly, that and wasn't... He, and he's got, he's got Keenan... He's got Keenan right by him from... Uh, yeah. I can't remember that TV show. Never mind. The... Different World. Keenan yes. from Different World. I know. And I love Different World. I love Different World. But, I mean, I'm sorry, that wasn't Eddie Murphy's sexiest moment. No, but Blade was definitely... Boomerang? Boomerang. Oh. Eddie Murphy Boomerang. Oh, oh yeah. my God. Man, those 90s outfits, those he suits. He was really good looking, Oh, man. my God. He was... Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And everything... Like, he didn't have the... He had the sharp sharp chin and jawline mm-hmm. right here. Clean. Mm. He was clean. Yeah, no. I'll I, give it to you. Boomerang is definitely... Eddie Murphy at the at the height the height of his sexiness. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And little known fact, mm. I would love to actually just if I if I could end my life, my long life, being anything like Eartha Kitt in Boomerang as Lady Elise. So Elvis, that's life goals right that, there. I mean, come, hello, she's amazing. Break it down for me, Maga. <laughs> like, oh my, oh, she's just so, she's just so crazy and so delusional <laughs> and so like so still like rocking her sexuality but just like insane mm. and also she's just like fabulous there's just like otherworldliness she had a gravitational pull oh girl. god yeah. the energy she brings it's like yes that is who i want to be and also be a little creepy so that like kids from around the neighborhood are scared to come to my house. Like, they think I'm, the, like, the witch on the house. Like, well, I was terrified walking up here. Well, you know, that's that's the goal. So, mission accomplished. Well, boom. Boom. So I'm on my way to being a, a true bruja. Yes, so. you are. Damn straight. <laughs> so, you went to you went to SUNY. Yeah. <laughs> that was such a long and interesting road we went down. I'm, I'm, I'm embracing all the craziness. <laughs> I love it. So you, so you're there. You're sitting uh-huh. there. You're you're talking to these people. You're getting the idea of like mm-hmm. this this Sunni mafia. What's it called? Uh, again? The purchase mafia. The purchase mafia. purchase mafia. And you're like, yes. This is yeah. There was just a, a vibe of, and I was I was lucky enough to get in, mm-hmm. and um, I would not ever be the actor that I am today without 
all of the training that I had there. I mean, they they were so they fostered such a, a warm energy while still keeping it real. Like mm -hmm. when they had to tell you some shit, mm -hmm. they told you some shit, you know. Um, but they just I don't there was just something that clicked with me. Yes. Um, there was a little bit of an awareness when I started. Like, you know how you can be a little aware of yourself on stage? Mm -hmm. And uh, it took, I, I didn't necessarily understand it. And I also felt a little disconnected um, from my body, mm -hmm. you know? But something about like my junior year, something just clicked. And then it all just, like all of the things they've been training me on and all the things I've been working on, just finally kind of started to work together like a machine. It was almost like I was fixing different parts of a car, you know, the tires were kind of flat and, you know, the seats busted and, you know, I'm trying to fix the stick shift over here and what the fuck is that horn doing? Like, and then it just all kind of started to work, you know, and, and then I just really got comfortable and, you know, it just made me want to want to do more and learn more and, you know, I think like, one of the, the biggest things that I learned is that I will always be a student of acting. Awesome. Up until like the moment I take my last breath. Mm -hmm. You know, you always want to continue to learn. Nice. You know, I don't think at any point you necessarily master anything. Because mm -hmm. you always change. And people always change. And you all, as you get older, you know, mm -hmm. things things are different. And you got to learn new shit. It's, it's really cool. Absolutely. No, it's great. I'm glad that you... How... May I ask how young you are? How young do you think I am, sir? I'm going to say 25. Close. Okay. 20, I'm turning 28 this year. Okay. Um, but yeah. Nice. Okay. So, no, I'm just asking because, I mean, that's a great perspective to have. And, and I've, mm -hmm. I've talked to a lot of people. This, this, this medium has like, afforded me that ability, and it's something I'm really thankful for. But, like, yeah. when I hear somebody younger than me... Mm -hmm. I'm old as fuck now. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to get walk into that George Clooney good looks like when I get all gray. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. Gonna can't wait. Like Fingers across. You have it going on with the beard. Yeah. And I always liked that. I always liked salt and pepper because it just it feels distinguished. It does. It it's does. A, it doesn't look like I've, I've gone through hell. I just, I've just aged well. Well, yeah, you have. That's right. Um, thank you. But, but anyway... No, so when you have that perspective and you mm -hmm. understand that, like, I'm going to be, speci specifically as an artist, that I'm always going to be learning, mm -hmm. how is something like that taught? How do they convey that to you? You know... Or were you even aware of it as it was happening, and that's one of the things you gleaned on your own? I mean, I just, I look at... Um, the different teachers that I had, and uh, like for instance, uh, David Gideon, okay. he was my second year acting teacher, and um, he had worked under Lee Strasberg, mm. and really, really took to his method, and you know, he continued to warm up every day. Would warm up, would get in that chair, and just and. To see, like you know, it's always you're never you're never at a point where you can just just oh I've got this it's in there mm -hmm. like of course you're gonna have these things in there but like to see these teachers who would come in to teach us yeah. these fresh fresh minds who knew nothing mm -hmm. um, 
they still relied on, on, on learning new things and seeing new stuff and warming up, like, like always. So I, I just kind of, with them still always working on their craft, it just became clear to me, like, oh, it's, it's always going to keep going. Like, I'm, I'm never going to stop. Like, mm -hmm. there's always more to learn. There's always something new that happens. And, you know, so I don't know if it was necessarily anything that they said or mm -hmm. instilled. Um, I just kind of, I, I feel like I might have gotten the idea just from seeing them. Um, but I don't, I don't know. How about you? <laughs> Me? Um, I mean, do you, do you believe in the same sort of thing? Like, you're always going to be this... I, the best way I can describe it, is, and, and I'm a man that loves himself some Sam. Like, I love me some me. <laughs> but, um, I, I'm always working at it. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, I started this for a lot of reasons. One of them is to talk to other people who I don't know how they think, mm -hmm. and maybe I can learn something from them. Mm -hmm. Um, I have, I've had an acting coach who I love, I love working with, but when I am not able to afford a training session, mm -hmm. you know, it's, you know, it's hard to meet with them. And every once in a while, she'll meet with me and she will say something to the effect of like, we always, we always take these lulls in between lessons mm -hmm. and it's because you think you've got it. Right. And, I, and there's, and this part of me is like, nah, it has nothing to do with like, I've got it figured out. I don't right. know how I'm going to do any of this. Right. The only thing I know to do is to get memorized and listen to where the director wants me to go. Mm -hmm. In terms of feeling it and staying honest, that's something that's always going to be evolving. I'm going to be mm -hmm. going through days where, or months where I'm open and raw and, and ready right. for everything. Right. And then there's going to be times where I'm exhausted and focused and I'm so afraid of feeling vulnerable that I'm going to uh -huh. be locked up and mm -hmm. it's going to be a stiff performance. But can I bring honesty out of that? I think you can. Yeah. It's difficult. It's it not is. the best way to create your art. But I never think for a second that I'm, I'm, I got it. I used to, I got into the game because I found something I was good at. Mm -hmm. I got A's. Mm -hmm. Nobody else was getting A's on my level in my brain. Mm -hmm. That's what I was telling myself. Right. So I, I'm going to keep doing this because I'm really good at it and I'm going to be great at it. Mm -hmm. Oh, they got these things called the Henry Awards? Watch me get two of those by the time I'm 30. <laughs> like, that's... Did, did you? No. <laughs> I think by I think I think the only time I got mentioned in a newspaper by the time I was thirty was like Sam does a serviceable job, mm. and then they describe the rest of the play. Wow. Yeah. You got serviceable. I got serviceable. That was nice. <laughs> it was really nice. No, I mean, and, and that was right around the time where I started working with an acting coach, and mm -hmm. that still hasn't resulted in physical accolades, accolades, mm -hmm. and can't speak that would depict some type of accomplishment or status in the game. Okay. It's but what is what I've learned is that this process is just gonna take care of itself. Mm -hmm. They may come, they may not, those right. those types of attention moments. Right. Um, and so I keep working at it and I mm -hmm. keep struggling at it. And every once in a while I'm I'm handed a nice dose of humble pie. Mm -hmm. And I have to go right back to the drawing board. So, right. like right now, this whole last couple of months between shows, I was taking lessons over at the Denver Center. Absolutely. This stuff I don't know. And, you know, I, one of the things that you mentioned when you were discussing your time at SUNY was mm -hmm. this idea of keeping it real. What were the instructors doing? How would that, how would that show up? Ooh, well, you know, you did have evaluations four times a year mm. where staff sat you down in one of the studios 
they they kept it fucking real. Mm. They do not, you know, because it's a disservice to us and our time. If True. if they feel like you know what, I don't feel like you're necessarily dedicated to this. I or like I feel like you know you're really struggling with something. Maybe now's not the time for you to continue because it's a cut system. Totally. Um, they they let you know, and you know there is a probationary period if they feel like you know you need to be put on probation. But uh, they really are, you look at their task is to really cut down and mi- and make a company. Mm-hmm. Um, when I start our freshman year, there was twenty 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 one or twenty two so, somewhere in the early twenties. Mm-hmm. There were there were that many of us. By the time I graduated, we were 13. And um, a baker's dozen is what we called ourselves. Yes. But uh, it, they, they really did focus in on what they felt was going to help you in your craft and on your pro- in your process and on your journey. Like for me, the first couple of years, I got the disconnection from my body a lot. Mm. My voice and my body just completely, it's like I'm, I'm operating two different things, mm-hmm. you know, instead of one unit. I got that a lot um, until things started to click. And I don't know necessarily why it clicked mm. when it did or what it was, but, you know, they, they had been harping on that for a minute. And when you, when you get that, mm-hmm. you know, for a couple of years four times a year, you know, it's it's tough to, you sit there and you're like, okay, what can I do? Mm. What am I not doing? Maybe I should explore it this way. Well, I tried it and that maybe is not the way, but it really does make you think and make you want to explore different ways. Mm-hmm. Because then once you once you get it going, like it, it works and yeah. then you can only go further. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, and it was frustrating. I do remember it being very frustrating um, to hear that and to get that honesty. Like I, I had one um, teacher tell me at one point, um, I think you are more of a personality, maybe not necessarily an actor. And that I believe was near the end of my freshman year. Um, and hearing that was like, that was like a knife to the gut. Like I was like, that is holy shit, maybe I am a personality, maybe I shouldn't be doing this, but, you know, I think there was also that little thing of like, okay, we'll prove it wrong, you mm-hmm. know, which it did, it made me, it made me want to go deeper and work harder and, and see what else I could, I could do, um, and bring that truth, yes. you know, so, yeah. It's, it's so interesting, I mean, my, like I said, my, my path to the stage was, I was getting A's in class. Mm-hmm. And and I was aware that all I had to do when I was going through school was mm-hmm. show up. Right. Be counted in attendance, take notes, and at the end of the year, you take a test. Mm-hmm. And, and that test in acting was just get up and do the scene. Right. They weren't breaking me down beat mm-hmm. by beat, mm-hmm. moment to moment. What was your choice there? Did you have mm-hmm. choices? Why did you make that specific choice? Right. You're walking around like you. I see you walking in the hallways. Is that how this character acts? Mm-hmm. Like those type... So from that perspective, that's I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a weird place. Like I'm really glad I didn't get that in college because I had such low self esteem. I mm-hmm. probably would have dropped. Like all right, really? yeah. Oh yeah, 
mm-hmm. by all, I would be the first one to say, if I got cut in half like that on four times a year, mm-hmm. if Cookie Hetzel pulled right. me into her office at Metro four times a year and said, Sam, you fucking up, and told mm-hmm. me how, we wouldn't have made it. We would right. not have made it. I would have dropped quick. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Silvermine. Can well, I make, you, what sandwich can I make you? <laughs> well, you know, it wasn't all cuts, mm. mind you. There were sure. people who left, and not because it wasn't for them, but basically. Life gets in the way. Life, life happens. Yeah. You know, some people, yeah, it's not for me. Mm-hmm. Or, and that, that happens. But, and even though this was all rough to hear, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, when you're, 18, 19, you know, and you're off in the world, and you know, it's, you're a little sensitive. God, I you know, hope I make it. You know, I hope yeah. I make it. Uh-huh. But, uh, Snipes went here. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it all was out of so much love. Mm. Like, it truly, I don't want you to think that it was just like a, like, what it, like on Project Runway or something, <sighs> this, or mm-hmm. like, you know, chopped. It, it wasn't like that. Good. Sometimes it felt like you were being chopped, but... It wasn't like it was all out of love and from a really positive place, and they truly cared about us as individuals, nice. you know, and where our process was because we're not going to all be on the same page, mm-hmm. you know. So it was nice that they. I think it's it's good to have evaluations like that, you know. Right, absolutely. I, I, like I'm saying, like now would be a great time to have that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, to, to, at my age, been doing this since 2007. It would be great to get that type of stuff four times a year. Right. Um, but from that, how did that environment, mm-hmm. how did that inform the way you cared about the craft? Because I, I see mm-hmm. something like that, and it would, like if I made it through that program, mm-hmm. and I saw people coasting, mm-hmm. like in a show right. that I'm in, no. Uh-huh. That would make me really upset. Uh-huh. I, did, did something like that happen in you? I mean, is it does it exist in you now? I I feel like uh, you know they they take the onus off of like I mean it's easy to look at other people in your class be like you know mm-hmm. the hell you know you you memorize that like five minutes before you walked in here and they're giving you nothing and I've been working on this for three days yeah. that happens once but but um, couldn't tell. Oh, that guy, he, he, he left pretty early. But <laughs> he, uh... He, it, he was chattel. He, he, was, he was interesting. Um, but when, when I stopped looking at everybody else, mm. and then also trying to, like, prove myself to my company, like, I had to throw all that shit away. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that... Um, what I started to learn was fuck it mode. Mm. Um, and when things started to click, I just started to go into fuck it mode. It's like, okay, I have my work. I know what I'm doing. I know what, I've, I know what my objectives are. I've been very specific. Let's go ahead and let's, let's do the scene. Fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. And then I go on. Mm-hmm. And I have um, kept that kind of mentality. Like, I, I don't know if you heard my warm-ups. <laughs> I've, I've not heard them in action, but I've heard of them. <laughs> so when I... When I vocally warm up, um, my speech teacher, Lee Dillon, who's absolutely amazing, I love her to death, she, there was a vowel, like the cup vowel, we learned about that, and a great way to do it is, uh, cup vowel is what's in fuck, 
and fuck and love and fuck the love bunny. And since I'm used to, like, I have to say some audible fuck it's, I always just fuck the love bunny, fuck, 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 fuck you, fuck the love bunny, and I, I just get it all out. Mm. I will audibly do it, not that loud, but before an audition, I will give it a good, like, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it, and then walk in. That's what you're doing in the lobby. Nice. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it just kind of gets me out of my head and mm-hmm. focuses me, and, you know, I zone in, and I think that that was the biggest gift they gave to me, was just kind of getting out of my head with that and just mm. being like, you know what, fuck it, let's do it. So, That's great. Yeah. That's... <laughs> I don't know if that answered the question. No. <laughs> no, I think so. I mean, you're not... It sounds like to me you give enough of a fuck about <laughs> you and your responsibilities to mm-hmm. the particular piece that you're involved mm-hmm. in. Yeah. And you are only allowing yourself to be aware of that and that responsibility mm-hmm. alone. So mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like you let mm-hmm. the people who aren't, we'll say, as passionately inclined as you mm-hmm. might be or others might be right. get in the way of your ability to do the job. Mm-hmm. That's great. I mean, I won't, I, I won't lie. For a minute I was coasting for like the first year. We all coast. Um, now we, are, we, we go through coast mode. Mm-hmm. I coasted through middle school and high school. I mean, DSA. It's a great school. How do you think I got through college? <laughs> I just showed up. I I would show up for attendance and leave. Like I I, I ditched a lot of class. I'm sorry Ooh. if you guys are listening to this. Spontane. But I oh god I ditched a lot of class. But. You know, you, you kind of coast. You know, it's like you kind of do. You do the you do the bare minimum, mm-hmm. and it's like I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But you know, they also kind of beat that shit out of me too. Nice. They were like, no, you cannot half-ass this. Like, what what was that? Did you read the play? Mm-hmm. And then it was just like, oh fuck. Well, you know, first semester freshman year, I was like, oh, can't do it. Can't exactly. can't coast here. No. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got caught. I got caught similarly that way mm-hmm. as a as a professional. And this was, I mean, as harsh as it was, it okay. was the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. It just like Absolutely. it redirected how I do any of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I, I mean, I'm even now in the show that I'm working on now, which I'll plug later. Um, <laughs> it, I've I've allowed myself that that little voice to per- perk up in the back of my brain, like Sammy got this. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, oh, yeah. throw that ad lib in there. And do it. This is gonna be killer. It's gonna be killer. Right. Nope. Nope, not at all. Well, she's me- she's talking to the rest of the cast, but she means me. Fuck. Ah. <laughs> God damn it. That's the worst. Yeah. That's the worst when you know it's you. Yeah. You're like, yeah, that was, that was me. It's like I know this player. I already know this player with the with like the back of my hand, <laughs> and I'm I know I'm the only one that ad libbed today. <laughs> I'm the only one that ad libbed oh, today. Yeah. Thanks for taking on the chin, boys. But, I know, uh, right? Yeah, this is me. This is me. <laughs> Man, that is, that's always an interesting position to be in because you know everybody else knows too. Oh, it's yeah. like, oh. Oh, especially because you, you, you throw that little sideways glance and they oh, already you look at you. get that side eye real quick. Like, oh, man. Damn it, Come on, Dan. <laughs> Smile and take this for me. I know, right? <laughs> oh, man. So what, is some, what, are, what are some of the things that you... You're at, I would say, an interesting place in your career, yeah? You leave SUNY. When did you get here? So... When did you get to Colorado? When I, you know, when I graduated, I graduated 2013. Mm -hmm. And I moved to Manhattan directly after. And uh, I just 
and this is this is the this is the interesting thing. Um, there was nothing in my mind that said that I wasn't going to be like picked up by an agent. I because we had done our showcase. We did our showcase in New York and L.A. They flew us out there, and you know they yeah. we do a lot of stuff for agents and networks and everything. And you know I had a lot of like a lot of people wanted to meet with me. Mm -hmm. A lot of great people, and it was just like wonderful. And I was like, you know what? I got all these people. I've got all these meetings. I'm I'm ready to go. Like I'm I'm a great type right now. You know, I got that culturally ambiguous thing going on. Let's let's do this. I'm gonna be on something like next year. Pilot season. Bring it on. And <laughs> nothing. Oof. I went through all of these interviews and got picked up by no one. Mm. And it was and that was a lovely reality mm -hmm. <laughs> to just kind of be like, you know what? Okay, you know, I got a little, I got a little into myself for a second. Mm -hmm. I was feeling myself a little too hard. Um, okay, let's uh, let's figure out what the next step is. Well, the next step is I gotta pay rent, so let's get a job, and then from there, because um, SUNY teaches you a lot, but they do not teach you how to be a human. So <laughs> New York is expensive, and uh, what I know, it's crazy. I didn't know. Yeah. I I thought they still had like one bedroom apartments for like four hundred a month. I know, right? Yeah, that's I mean, a, they just God. grow on trees out there. I know. Wait, did, does New York even have trees anymore? Yeah, I know. So you have to go to the parks. Oh, okay. I was nice. It was fortunate <laughs> for me to live up uh, initially by Fort Tryant Park, which personally I think is the most beautiful park in New York. Oh. Uh, everybody's like, that's Central Park, man, and it's like, yeah, fuck it. Central Park is too touristy, I would assume. It's just too. It's it's too much. Yeah. It's too much. Fort Tryon is beautiful, um, and it just looks the looks over the river, and it's like just it's it's really nice. It was a great like trail to walk up. And, oh, cool. But anyway, yes. um, I was in New York for about figuring out how to be human. Yes, figuring out how to be human um, and do taxes and shit like Ooh. that. And failing at that. <laughs> same, same. Oh man, the IRS does not play around. Mm -mm. I tried to do my taxes on my own. I got one digit wrong on just one. I think on on either like my checking account or something, so they could pull their little fifty bucks that I owed them. Two months later, all my shit was frozen. I was like on a tax lien. I didn't know what any of these words meant. I was like. The dude on the phone was like, "You, this is just riddled with mistakes," and, and I, like I was so terrified, it was crazy. But got that figured out. Um, but you know, I was out there for a few years, about three, two and a half, three years, and then moved back. That was. About uh, six, ten. Yeah, or somewhere around like uh, fall of 2016, mm -hmm. I believe. Um, I moved back and I was like, okay, I just need to kind of get my shit together and well, yeah, you know, ghosts around here. Yeah. They're serious. Sorry. But um, came back here and uh, it was nice to be around family. Got an apartment that I could afford yes. and actually felt like an apartment and not just a box. And really started to, you know, I want to rebuild. And then once I'm ready, I want to start to dip my toe back out here again mm -hmm. into the acting world and build my resume because I didn't do much. It was really hard in New York to pick. Do I risk not making rent to go to this audition or or do I or do I make rent? Mm -hmm. You know, do I 
work this shift and get some groceries or do I go to this audition? And I had a couple auditions. Um, I did a reading at the Cherry Lane Theater, which was really cool. Um, but, you know, I I just needed to come back, mm -hmm. you know, just to get my shit together. And it's not going anywhere, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not the be all end all either, no. you know. So came back here. You can be a bruja in Colorado. You don't need a bruja anywhere. Yeah, damn sure. Damn sure. But uh, I came back here and um, Joelle, actually. Montoya. Grew up with that girl. Happy birthday, belated. Happy belated birthday! Sorry I couldn't come to brunch today. Um, she... I didn't get an invitation, so screw you. <laughs> so, like, she, uh, she, she happened to mention to uh, the director of education over at the Denver Center, who runs Shakespeare in the parking lot, that... Um, yes, Allison. Uh, she mentioned to her, because at that moment, I believe Jenna Mulreyes was going off to do, I believe, Wild Party mm -hmm. at the time, so she couldn't do the tour. Um, Joelle mentioned me, and yes. it was like, sweet. And so then I met up with her, and she had taught at DSA back when I was there, and so she remembered me. Nice. And, uh, you know, got me on that, and uh, she also, like, you know, encouraged me to take some classes, which I did. I took trapeze, you know, uh, which was really fun. Mm -hmm. Really, really cool. Really difficult on your body, but awesome. Yeah. I'm not built for trapeze. I can watch it. No, you can You can do it. <laughs> it's low flying. Don't it, like trust me. It's not. You're not. Oh, like, I saw Orlando. <laughs> I wasn't like. I wasn't like. Oh man, there's no flips up in the air. <laughs> All it took me is to watch Kevin. This guy Kevin like hold himself up with his like a nice ninety degree bend in his elbows and like mm -hmm. my arms would fall off. Oh, the the angel. I never did it. Okay. We, di we didn't get that far. Oh, really good. <laughs> <laughs> Neither would I. I'd be like, um, Burger King. That's where I'm going. I know, right? Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, she encouraged me to take some classes, and then I just slowly started to dip my toe. And this play um, at Miners, District mm -hmm. Merchants, is actually like my debut. Oh. I'm actually doing like a full length production out here. So. Fantastic. Um, and it's been so nice to be in the kind of environment that Miners is. Mm -hmm. They're just so welcoming. And it, like when I first got cast, I was like, what the hell kind of cult have I been pulled into? Because everybody's yeah. like, we're so glad you're here. And it <laughs> it's just like, They don't oh, blink a lot there. No. Yeah. <laughs> but, Very true. but they are wonderful. They are just so lovely. It truly is like a family. And I felt like it was a great place to like, you know, this is, this is a great show to do this. Mm -hmm. This is a great environment to do this. Let's fucking do this. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell me about the show, District Merchants. Yes. Love District Merchants. Um, when I read it, because um, Len didn't know me, mm -hmm. and I didn't know that auditions were happening at all. He, I got a Facebook message. Nice. And uh, he said, hi, I'm, I'm Len. I got your name from Adrian, and uh, I wanted to know if you would come to the callback for this. If so, send me your email, and I, I'll send you the size. And he had given a brief description that it was set in post-Civil War D.C. Mm -hmm. And whenever I hear a summary like that, I'm like, okay, I'm mm -hmm. going to read it first before mm -hmm. I, you know. And then I, I read these sides, and God, just so, so rich and such a gift to have a character who can literally stand on, I, I can't spoil too much for you because yeah. you haven't seen it yet. I'm seeing it next Saturday. Um, 
but you'll see. Mm. Uh, she is Nessa. Is who I play. She is uh, Portia's maid. Mm. Uh, her mother was a slave owned by her father's cousin, and her father bought her mother and brought her to the north. So, you know, I was born here on this really big estate. Grown up, I, I work for Portia now, who has inherited all of this, and I am just kind of this all-seeing, like, just very, ooh, I, there's, there's layers. There's so many layers. <laughs> it's, it's a whole lot of fun to play. <laughs> And um, I'm trying not to ruin anything because I feel like. How about this? How about this? I'll just close my ears and you and you give a little taste to the audience and go. Yeah. Okay. So anything. basically, Nessa is the shit, Ooh. and she says what she needs to say, and she knows when to not say what she needs to say, and it's just it's really cool, and I get to call out white people in the audience. Awesome. All right. So what happened? <laughs> Lots of things. Lots of things happened. So I, get, I gave like a brief description, Very um, cool. which you'll probably have to mute. When you, oh, when you yeah. go over this podcast. Don't worry, I don't listen to them. Once I get it, really? like, I lived it. I just lived it. Well, that's very true. <laughs> it just happened. I'll know that moment. Oh, this is the part where I had my ears closed. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, but that's good. That's that's good podcasting. I know, I right? <laughs> no, that's good podcasting. <laughs> um, but uh, back to the district. Back to the district. Back to the district. Um, Posner is he has this thing where he just loves breaking that fourth wall. Mm. And, um, you know, sometimes it kind of, you know, it's kind of like a, a line for me, like when I like to go and see that kind of show. Um, but this particular one, I, I appreciate it. Mm. And I do see how with the subject matter and uh, the time period, and the audience who is there, um, I can I can see how it can be a little abrasive, um, not necessarily off-putting, but you know when you go to the theater and you have no idea what the show is, and then you've got people asking you questions and you know you've got to participate. Mm -hmm. It it can be very risky, you know, because yeah. uh, you're asking somebody who had no intentions of saying anything at all to play a game with you. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's it's interesting to see if, Absolutely. if that game will go anywhere. There's a formula that has to be struck when mm -hmm. you're addressing the audience, and it's it's two parts inebriation. One part don't give a fuck, <laughs> and then the last part, and this is the part that is the hardest to get, is mm -hmm. open. Mm. You need the audience to be open to it, whether you set the convention early or not. If mm -hmm. you're gonna do a specific address to one person, they mm -hmm. gotta say yes. Right. If they don't say yes, it's gonna be like pulling teeth. Yeah. And that's sort of thing. I, I mean, we're doing um, complete works of William Shakespeare, and I'm terrified. Mm -hmm. Like we really? have to, we have to, we stop Act Two in the middle of Hamlet mm -hmm. and go to the audience, mm. and we pull two people up on stage, and we get the entire audience playing with us, and we gotta get them Ooh. to play. And the only way they're gonna get there is if they all get heavy pores <laughs> and they really love us. They gotta love us. Right. And thankfully they're not buying it. They yeah. ain't walking up there. No, they don't want to do nothing. Um, so oh, hope yeah. hope we'll get some actors in the house. Wink wink nudge nudge <laughs> so no more. Uh sure. Maybe. Yeah. Because yeah. no. I well and I also have sympathy for the fact that I know where you're coming from. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> it is that is I think 
at this point, the most terrifying part of being in a production that I have experienced in a very long time. Like, most of the time, like, you always get a little nervous mm -hmm. before you go on, but honestly, that's just energy. Yeah. Channel that shit. Do your Definitely. Thing. But addressing the audience, um, and luckily, I'm not the one who has to call upon an audience member to participate, mm -hmm. but there is, there, for me, there is definitely a fear there, mm -hmm. you know? It's, it's, because it's a lot. You're even just addressing them, connecting to them, like making eye contact with that audience member sitting there. We've been making eye contact. Yeah, I know, right? It's it's, <laughs> it's so, and most of the time people look away. Mm -hmm. People will just break it. Like, it's it's kind of tough, and it, it is a really open and vulnerable place you're in mm -hmm. because you just connect with them. You're asking to connect, and when you're playing with somebody who doesn't usually play the game or ne necessarily wants to, there is fear there, you know, and, and rejection, you know. If someone cuts eye contact from me, I'm kind of like, oh, mm -hmm. just move on then. Like, it's, it, it, you know. It's different when, like, in, say, a soliloquy, like, mm -hmm. where in, in these, what I'm working on, what you're working on, they deal with these a lot, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. A soliloquy, isn't necessarily a direct address. Like they look right. out at the audience and maybe they have a moment where we connect, mm -hmm. we share this moment together. Now right. you're in on the secret. I'm gonna poison her drink. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, and you are aware of, you're complicit in it now. Mm -hmm. But I didn't actually ask for your opinion. I didn't ask for you to get involved. You just know. Right, right. And I'll, I'll save it for later. And like <laughs> the best part is when you make that connection, and then 20 minutes later in the play, as she's drinking the, the, the drink that's mm -hmm. poison, you look at her. Ha-ha! <laughs> that's cool as Boom. shit. <laughs> See, because you knew. But right. you don't always get that. And when, no. it, when it's, when you're, for lack of a better, when you are literally breaking the wall, because even in a soliloquy, there's still a wall there. Mm -hmm. It's still just a show for them. But when you, when you make it a happening, mm -hmm. and you scale that, you're like, no, you gotta get involved now. Like, no, fuck it. You don't get to just sit there. Right. It's it's really hard for them, especially with a play like this. When I'm hearing people as they leave the mm -hmm. the theater, going like, "Oh, it's, it's preachy, or it's mm -hmm. and or it's this or it's that," and 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 for me, uh, just so I can get on a soapbox here real fast, and I'll hop right off of it. Yeah. When people say, and I and I've learned this because I have felt this in myself. Like when mm -hmm. I felt something is preachy, it's because it's made me think about something that I don't like about myself. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what makes it preachy. Like, I can hit something over the head a couple of times, but as long as you're getting it, mm -hmm. it's not, like, if you understand it, mm -hmm. who cares? Redundancy is fine if it's sending the message home. Right. If you're uncomfortable with it, that's on you. Well, you know, and I, I will share this moment with you, because it's, it's one of my favorites as Nessa. Um, there is a trial, as you know, and... <laughs> Me and Lance, who is a servant to Shylock, uh, we get to come out and we start to set the stage for the trial. And uh, we introduce it, this is the trial, here we go. And uh, I say, but lo and behold, we have a problem. We are unfurnished with privileged white men enough to sit in judgment and argue with supercilious superiority as they are so apt to do. And I get to point to some white men. 
as I say it. And there is, oh, it, I, that is the moment that I was like, oh, this is powerful. I'm going to call you out. I'm going to call you out. And for once, in a play, we don't have enough white people for this. Mm -hmm. So I get to do it. I will play the judge. And awesome. That, and I can see how me calling out judgmental, privileged white men and pointing them out in the audience could be a little... I can't imagine any of those people you'd describe be uncomfortable or mildly irritated at you doing that. Um, I don't know. Because they're all open to truth, ain't they? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can, t I can immediately tell. As a Native American, I can tell you, no, they're not. <laughs> no. As if people didn't know. No. They just needed your like absolute seal of like, mm -mm, that's mm -hmm. not how it works. No. <laughs> But yep. it's, I can tell that some of these white men do get uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But I kind of love that. I, yeah. I, I feel bad saying that, but then I kind of don't. Sorry, not sorry. I love that I get to call you out. And people chuckle. People get a laugh out of it. Yeah. And it's, ah, it's, it's kind of satisfying. That's a good thing. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, that is. <laughs> not, I mean, is that... I, Especially nowadays, it, it's hard when, well, a theater company's got to make money, yeah. Mm -hmm. So the vast majority of the time, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna hedge their bets. There's gonna be three shows, at least three shows, or whatever, whatever the medium is. Mm -hmm. Say four, four of our shows are gonna be club bangers, ones that nobody can deny. They uh -huh. want to come in. They want to. Oh man, I love this trope. I want. I'm gonna right. be entertained. Mm -hmm. And then the other four are gonna be differing different and just enough to test and and of late with Miner's Alley I will say like some of their stuff this, for that for that genre for that neighborhood mm -hmm. a little tough to swallow we heard about what happened with Fun Home yeah and I heard there were there were some walkouts yeah and uh, and it's such a, I thought it was such a beautiful play that but I mean musical I should say mm -hmm. but even the, even this is just enough of a test Mm -hmm. And it's got to it's got to be there, and it's hard though. Like as I was trying to say, in this time to find those pieces, right? That that allow, I don't know how active you are socially, mm -hmm. things like that. But like that allow you to get your get your platform observed. Mm -hmm. This is this this part this play is such a gift in where it truly just. Just uh, you know, gives you that platform to speak your mind in that moment. I mean, it's you. You rarely get that. You obviously get that with some, you know, of Shakespeare. But yeah. in a contemporary piece, and Poser really does like to do this. He does like to break that wall. And as things are happening, I want to talk about this and why I feel like this for a minute. Like that. That is fun. Mm -hmm. But I think that with this particular show, with these points of view, in this time, you know, in our current political climate even, like, it's, it's so powerful and so refreshing to, to have that platform to say, you know what, this shit was completely fucking racist, and I know that she's, she means well and everything, but like, what the fuck was that? You know? Yeah. Um, because that that subtext sure will be there, but 
actually address it. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is... In the moment. Yeah, in the moment is so powerful and such a such a joy to, to actually be able to work on. Absolutely. You know, like that's, that's a fucking gift. Because mm -hmm. um, how often do are we afforded that in our day-to-day? -day? Exactly. I mean, like we can experience something and like, if we don't have like friends right by us, mm -hmm. or at least someone that, mm -hmm. excuse me, if you had another black person right across the street watching something shitty happen, uh -huh. to look at them from across the street like yeah. every day, right? Uh -huh. Fuck. Right. Mm -hmm. And like every time, every time I see a Native American, I'm like, holy shit! Look, there's more. There, there's a lot of us. We're on the same block yeah. right now. We're not all in uh, log buyer in, in, in New Mexico. Right. We're, we're in other places. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, out here you don't really get, and not to say that that's, that's something that you can necessarily get anywhere else. I mean, obviously we're getting a little bit more diverse mm -hmm. um, out here in Denver. And it's, but to, to have that moment, to have that moment of recognition and to have it in real life and to be able to, like, and not have it just be a look, yeah. you know, like, you know, you get that look that side eye and you both know you're on the same page mm -hmm. boom but to be able to just dive into that a little bit mm -hmm. to really flush it out is and at the very least just shed some light on it. yeah absolutely. like this is the shit that happens every day mm -hmm. and it happens in small doses or bigger mm -hmm. doses and we all to a degree choose to either swallow it mm -hmm. and just deal or ignore it and push it away before it come, becomes something more that festers mm-hmm and that's, I mean, that's how certain things like our current political climate can become normal. Right. Is because we just accept it and we keep, we, right. we let the bitterness settle in later. Right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, God. It's, um, it's been interesting. And we've had a couple of talk back, talkbacks mm. at this point. Had um, one last night, or, yeah. Yeah, we had one last night. And I, I feel like... The audience is getting close to wanting to maybe talk about these these the subject matter and these specific like racial topics, mm -hmm. but I think they're scared too um, because again the majority of the audience is older and conservative and a little quieter. <laughs> nice emphasis on the H. <laughs> the they are, um, you know, there's not. Cool whip. <laughs> cool whip. Mm -hmm. um, quip it good. Uh, it, it is um, a, a wider audience, and they may not necessarily be prepared to deal with the subject matter. And again, why they probably feel it's preachy is because there's something there that they don't necessarily want to look at or. It, it just, they didn't know, mm -hmm. kind of, they didn't want to touch it, yeah. you know? Um, but I can see there's, I can see the, the, the glint in their eyes. Like, there's like a, like they want to, they want to talk, but they don't know necessarily how to ask about it, so they're just going to let it go, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I, I've seen it happen a couple of times, and, because, you know, the, the other black people in the cast, mm -hmm. we've discussed it, and it's like, we're waiting for it. We're waiting to, you know, if, if there's going to be a, a question or, you know, which brings us into that conversation. Um, but there hasn't been. Mm -hmm. And I think, I 
think they're a little scared to. Um, I hope that I, I don't. I don't think we're gonna do another talk back. Um, I think we might be done with those. But two weeks ago, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, if we did, I would love to have that conversation because I, I feel like it's not something. It's not a perspective that they're used to. It's not a. It's not a perspective that they have been presented with mm -hmm. or or know. You know, so to shed some light on that. Um, and we got close the first talk back, but it was it was stopped. Uh, but to shed some light on that, because it's not, I feel like the question is, do you feel the same now as your character did back, back post-Civil War mm -hmm. during Reconstruction, like with all of this stuff going on, do you feel like there's, there's still some of this happening. I feel like that's where these questions were headed, mm -hmm. but got stopped. And I mean, it's it's very true. Yeah. Like it's it's a very it, it never goes away, you know. Um, it's it's interesting. It's very interesting, and I feel like they wanna they wanna ask. I think so too. And I'm glad that there's there's a, a production like this. It's happening at a theater mm -hmm. in that in that specific of a community. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's it's one thing like to to hold something like that that asks those questions in a mm -hmm. in a population that is more diverse. Mm -hmm. That you're at, where more people are actually living the subject matter, right? And talk about it all the time because right. it's their existence, mm -hmm. as opposed to and and I'll be the first to say that. Sometimes being being privileged just means you never were forced to deal with it. Right. Like you just didn't have like the option. Like it wasn't mm -hmm. there. So you're not a bad person because you made it through this existence this far without ever being faced with it. Yeah, not but at you all. have to know that it exists. Exactly. And if you're unable to acknowledge that it exists and then make an mm -hmm. opinion an informed opinion about what it is that's going on from there. Exactly. Then you're part of the problem. You're the facilitating. Right. You're enabling it to go on, um, so yeah. No, I, th I think it, I think it is something we need to have a conversation. I can't wait for next Saturday. Yeah, I really am looking forward to seeing it, and uh, especially because they'll, they'll they'll treat me right up there at the bar, and I'll hang out afterwards, and I'll talk to you about it. Yes, I would love to hear, how, especially having this conversation mm -hmm. now, uh, what you've seen and uh, and how you how it all how it all clicks. Trust me, or I'll run my mouth. Who I'll, knows? It'll, I'm sure it will. Um, this might be the worst show you've ever seen. You never know. I doubt that. I, <laughs> I doubt that very much. I've seen some. I've seen some crap. I've been in some crap. I've been crap. I'm pretty sure. I mean, you got Chris Kendall, Candace Joyce. Those those are two names I know. Chris Davenport is a name I know. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I know those guys can bring it. Isaiah, Sinjin, Amy. Amy is just absolutely lovely and wonderful. And those, yeah. And I'm excited to know all of them. I'm, yes. I'm excited to sit there and really watch what happens up there. Oh yeah. Um, how many more weekends? We have two more weekends left. So you close um, on the 24th. Yes. Have we sold out yet? I don't know. Well, goddamn, we better sell out. Yeah, guys. I gotta tell you because. Are you ready? No. no. Um, I, I, I will bartend next Sunday, so please okay. come up at least next Sunday. Sell out next Sunday. Because, mm -hmm. like I said, I need that new iMac, that new MacBook. Um, he'll treat you right. He'll I give will. You some, he'll be a little heavy-handed with that whiskey bottle. Hell yeah. <laughs> totally, baby. I wish we had Jameson. Oh, sadness. Why don't you have Jameson? Like, why don't you guys have Hendrix? I'm sorry. Oh. 
Why is that not? From what I, I I don't know. Hendrix might not be. Um, Hendrix might be Protestant, and there's this old old rule from the the former rulers of that place that they don't want Protestant whiskey up in that place. Okay, well Hendrix is gin. Oh. So what? <laughs> I don't know. I clearly am a shitty bartender. <laughs> So maybe uh, hold on to your tips, ladies. No, we got we got we got Tangeray. Come on, we got Golden Moon Gin. We got Skull. I mean, Hendrix though. Hendrix, it's just it's got a nice. You bring up a bottle of Hendrix on Sunday, and I'll pour you straight from that. How about that? If I bring up a bottle of Hendrix, I'll bring a bottle of Hendrix up on Sunday. Okay, that's more like it. Cause I mean. <laughs> I'm going to be the one buying it, slaving on stage, and then... Hey, but it's going to be chilled by the time you get there. Ooh. You know what the best is? You do a little Hendrix, a little tonic, muddle of cucumber, and a splash of lime. Oh. That's that summer drink, baby. Wow. Mm. Come on Sunday, see your boy, the Baptist. That's me, Sam Gilstrap. Whenever I bartend, I call myself the Baptist. The Baptist? The Baptist. Why? Um, we got <laughs> drunk at Richard Cowden's house one night. And that was the nickname that I just cultivated from that experience. Huh. Yeah, I've got a lot of weird nicknames. So do I. Um, Ooh. Fontaine, Fontaine, Champagne, Champagne. That was from college. <laughs> oh. Uh, Wait, can you say it again one more time, please? Fontaine, Fontaine, Champagne, Champagne. <laughs> and uh, Larice, which is my middle name. Larice. Larice was who you met at college if I had one too many 40s. Nice. And, and I've only had two forties in my life, and I gotta say that was too too many. What kind of forty did you have? Cold forty-five. No, gross. You need to have the OE. The OE? Yeah, old oh. English man. Old. Oh. That's that's what you do. Oh. I've <laughs> seen I've seen many a bottle of old English in the gutter as I've walked to school. Oh, I know. That's it, terrifying. It, I'm sorry. It's the least classy thing you could drink. However, <laughs> I will not lie. When I when I was graduating. Mm -hmm. From college, my dad came up, and uh, you know he took me out uh, for dinner and everything, and I was with like my little brother and everything, and I was like, okay, so it's my last night on campus. I'll meet you guys at graduation tomorrow. But dad, I'm broke, so can you take me to the liquor store? And he was like, mind you, this is a cop. <laughs> this is like <laughs> a cool world shit, like cop from Detroit. He goes. What? <laughs> and I was like, I need to, I need to get my drink. And he was like, What's your drink? I was like, Oh, he. He's like, Are you gonna wrap it up in a paper bag and drink it on the Did you? corner? No. Oh. I, you know, <laughs> it's got its stigma. Bag. What you saying? of the OE. But old English with an E at the end of old, mind <laughs> you. Yeah. That's how you know it's it's. it's That's how you old. know it's the real shit. There's, you know, there's class. It's got a stigma a to it, but you can you can do it. I've seen people pour it into champagne glasses. Now, see, that's a little too much. You, you, can't, you can't be doing that shit. Like, I, I've seen people pour or drink half and then fill the rest with uh, orange juice Gross. to do a... Was it? It's um, a, a brass monkey. I thought it's nasty. I it looked nasty. Is that is that that Beastie Boys song? Yeah, brass monkey, that oh. monkey, monkey. I hate that song. But oh, I tried it. Okay. Not as bad as you think. 
I didn't do it. I, I tried somebody else's brass monkey, but like, you know. That sounds, that that sounds, sounds dirty. so dirty. Yeah. I'm so sorry. But no, I. No, you're I, not. You're not. It's, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> brass monkeys this Sunday. <laughs> Woo! Get it. I, have, you, have you tried juice? Uh no. What what J I think it's I think it's spelled J O O I C E. That's Joyce. <laughs> that's that's They pronounce it Juice. That's Juice. Um I'm sure we're not crossing any lines referring it to as that. Um but I anyway. It's just phonetically, it's Juice. Well, that's why <laughs> listen, phonetics and drink don't go together. <laughs> Be very clear. Anyway, it is it is fruit flavored malt liquor oh. in those thirty two ounce cans, those tall boy cans. Oh no! Huh? No no no! Huh? That sounds like a night at Charlie's gone very wrong. Oh man! Straight up the right up the street. Who Charlie's? Not Charlie Brown's. Oh. Charlie Brown's piano bar is very cool. However, I'm talking about they don't serve Charlie's. Juice. They don't serve juice at Charlie Brown's. They do right. not. They might have it in the bathroom of Charlie's, which is a gay club, a couple blocks up that way. Oh, blast. Love it. There's always, like, some drag queens doing something from time to time to do a little, little show and everything. But, like, you go, you dance, you sweat. There's go-go dancers wearing nothing but thongs. It's amazing. So, yes. Male go-go dancers. I don't want you to get your hopes the, the, whoa. up too high. Listen, I mean, you know. Listen, I am, I am a man of the twenty-first century. And uh, okay, well, the fairness. I want to be. Ref- I want to be known as the Lando Calrissian of just yeah humanity. That is a hell of a goal. You know, I bet you. You want to be Eartha Kid? I want to be Lando. <laughs> My my karaoke nickname is Panty Droppa Jesus with an A at the end of Droppa. <laughs> Droppa. Droppa. Do, do, it's not a dropper. No. Not with a hard R. No. R. No. R. 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 No, no, no. no, no. no. Droppa. Uh, Droppa. Droppa. Uh, like, like the Kevin Hart's chocolate Droppa. <laughs> I'm Panty Droppa Jesus. For the love of God, Sam. That is the weirdest nickname you got. Do you want to hear it? You want to hear I got it? Yes. Um, a, a large cholo at a Mexican karaoke <laughs> bar. Okay. <laughs> was was sitting behind me. Now we arrived at this at this karaoke bar in the Highlands. It's this huge bar, uh-huh. and it's divided down the middle. You walk in, and it's white people at the bar, mm-hmm. Mexicans on the dance floor around the karaoke station, and everywhere else. Why so segregated? No idea. No violence. Just segregated. Huh. And um, I walk in with my all white friends. <laughs> one of them, one of them looks Mexican, so we're like mm-hmm. we were able to pass seamlessly, and that wasn't me. Uh-huh. I'm I'm the reddest of all my friends, but anyway, I walk in. I had long hair as I do now. Okay. I had a dis- decent goatee. Okay, fair enough. And I uh, went up there and I sang "Ordinary People" by John ah. Legend, followed up by uh, "You Remind Me of Something" by R. Kelly. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get it. Nickname fits. <laughs> if those are the songs you're those choosing. Are the, those are the songs I was singing. And uh, after after I sing, you, know, you remind me of something. Mm-hmm. This this cholo who was sitting right behind me, and I referred to him lovingly as a cholo. I have no idea, <laughs> but this is exactly his voice. This is how he sounded to me, okay. and this is where I developed my impersonation of Uh-oh. this particular man. Uh, I'm gonna tell you if it's over the line. Three, three teardrop tattoos. All right. And three women. One massaging his back, and two of them holding on to either arm. So one on his left and one on his right. 
This guy's the real deal. Okay. And he is at least 200 pounds heavier than me. All right. This guy's a large man. Those women are, they're attractive. Okay. Like, they're, they're, they're dressed to kill. Okay. And so I walk up, and I'm sitting back down, and he, and he puts his hand on my shoulder and squeezes. And I turn around, because I, I think it's one of my friends. I'm like, hey, how's it going? And he's like, my girlfriend has a nickname for you, Holmes. Shouty, tell him what you call him. And, and I'm like, and I'm like, I look over at her, the woman that he motioned towards with his head. Uh-huh. And she giggles and like hides her face in one of his rolls. <laughs> and, and he, and he goes like, fuck it, I'll tell him. And he goes like, from now on, you sing up there, your nickname is Panny Dropper Jesus. My girl's like, go up there and sing again. I'm like, and I'm like, well, I'm I'm like 30 and, and I've got like 30 people ahead of me. It's like, no, you don't. And he points at the DJ booth, Yo. snaps his fingers, points at me. <laughs> the song that the guy was singing ended, and they called me right back up. Wow. Okay, so is he like, is he like the the king of the karaoke? Apparently, like that. Shit right there, yeah. like that's some real cool shit. I I got up there and I was like I'm freaking out. I don't know what to sing. I so I do I do I do Faith by George Michael. <laughs> Definitely diverged from, from the. Oh no, he loved it. <laughs> that was a child of the eighties. Are you kidding me? Wow. The no. karaoke cholo kick. He loved it. <laughs> You know what I love most about that story is that he gave you a compliment mm-hmm. and then immediately ordered you to go back on stage. Yeah. And oh, it was yeah. just like, I mean, what are you going to say? No? You definitely are not to, The man, I don't know if those were three people he lost or three people he took. Either way. Like. Now he can get karaoke. I mean, life's got to be pretty good. I hope I bump into that guy again. Like, every time I go to karaoke, I put the name up. I hope he's there. What was the karaoke name? Are you going to, like, if you, if you say what the name of the karaoke bar is, you're going to be like... I can't even remember. I got so drunk that night. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of, like, it's funny that this conversation has kind of delved into all the different ways. <laughs> talking about Old English, talking about juice, <laughs> talking about the night I got a karaoke name Ooh. from a very frightening individual uh-huh. with his three lovely ladies by his side. <laughs> And then proceeded to just get like schwasty off of Coos Light. Oh. Coos Light ugh. and Jameson shots. Well, hey, when you're broke. When you're broke, you still don't have to do a Coors. That shit is like. I, I know we Pabst? in Colorado. Pabst is better. I prefer Pabst. Oh, I, had a bad, I had a bad scare with Pabst. Really? But it wasn't wait. even a scare, it was a real deal. Anyway. Wait, wait, wait. Before we. I, the, we the, the karaoke. The karaoke is where. Because I want to know where it was. It was off of like 38th and something. I want to say 38th and Pierce, but I could be wrong. Okay. Because there's a karaoke joint over here. Now, see, I'm not a musical theater person. Go to Well, yeah, I know. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I haven't been yet, but, you know, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a singer by any means. But mm. you get enough liquor in me, I learned by going to my first karaoke. Well, then who are you going to sing? When we get enough well, liquor in you, we see Larissa up there. I've only participated in the karaoke once. And um, this is in Manhattan. She says it with, like this sage. She's got one arm over the back of her wooden chair. <laughs> like, fully extended arm over the table. She's looking out in the distance. I only went karaoke once. Takes it a was, sip of her beer. It was once. And, you know, I don't know what my pink drink was. All I know is that it was pink and it was strong. 
Was it juice? It was probably juice. No, nah, it was. <laughs> it was served in a plastic cup with a cover. It was at a theater. It was. It was. It was. There's a theater out in Manhattan that does karaoke on the weekends in the in their like lower lobby area. It was cool, but I am singer. But I did have a couple of those pink drinks. And next thing I know, I'm on stage, and my song of choice was "On and On," Erica Badu. Oh. Oh, that was fun. Damn. Uh, I don't know whether it was good or. I'm or sure it was just amazing. Terrible, but I felt so cool. I brought my pink drink on stage. I'm chilling, sick. Cause the, all, mind you, all the songs that have gone before me have been like these beautiful musical numbers. Cause all these like actors are like you know who mm -hmm. actually sing are doing it, mm -hmm. and it's like they're doing all these ballads and like you know it's great and blah blah blah. And I was like, man, y'all got some Erica Badu over here. Let's uh let's switch it up. And I did. <laughs> I switched that shit up real fast. Erica Badu is where you. Is a good is a good call, pretty much any time. Oh God, yeah. Any time, she is awesome. She is a goddess from another planet that landed in a spaceship here. Oh, totally. And is just trying to. Like, doesn't it feel like her and Prince are trying to find each other? I think they found each other on a different plane mm. early on, way earlier than than we've been talking. This, shit, like. totally. this it's it's like um it's like in dogma when they talk about hearing God's voice it would like break our eardrums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if we heard their collaborations it would ruin us. Yeah, I might die. I might keel over and die. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. That that would be that would be a blissful way to go out. I'm not going to lie. It probably would. Um as we wrap as we as we wrap here, we get to this place in the Ghost Lights podcast. And I'm going to be honest with you, um, ladies and gents, my ghosties at home, you were just you were just given you were just given some fun times right there. <laughs> what? Blame it on the Coronitas. The Coronitas. <laughs> these are so freaking cute. Look at these little guys. They are adorable. They are. They're they're smaller than me. <laughs> <laughs> they're smaller than me. I'm short. You are you are short. Okay, but, I can say I'm short. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> like, that's like me trying to rap at a karaoke bar. Everyone knows when that word's coming and everyone stops to look at you. Is he going to say it? That's why I put actor in there. Ah, that's a really good one. Because I got a big shovel. I got a new shovel. I'm about to bury all you actors. <laughs> I think that's brilliant. That is a wonderful way to... That's a that, that by the way that's ASAP Ferg being butchered by your boy Sam Um Anyway, as we wrap this episode of the Ghost Lights podcast, we always like to ask our guest, "What is your ghost light? What is that bit of advice you wish you had gotten before you enrolled at S U N Y?" Hmm. Does it have to apply to before I went to college, no, or just anytime? Seriously? Yeah. Say a couple of audible fuckets before you do something. Changes it. Fuck it. Just fuck it, man. Fuck it. Fuck it. It helps me. Nice. Hopefully it helps you. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't see how it could not help. <laughs> 
I mean, just putting your voice on it and actually saying it. If you, it's one thing to think it. You can always think, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. There, 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 have been, there, there has been many a woman that has heard that before I have kissed them. <laughs> Sad but true. And and it doesn't come out defeated like that. It's more like, Sam, you chicken shit, just do it. Fuck it. Boom. (laughs) And it happens. Ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) You like that smooth segue? Gotta get out of here. Gotta get out of here. Oh my god. This was was so cool. Awesome. I'm so glad you enjoyed yourself. Thank you. I I hope you enjoyed it as well. You heard me laughing. That's very true. Yeah, it, we, I shared way too much. We overshared. That's a good have. thing. It's No, it's because it's a conversation between two artists. I ain't going to trip. That's very true. Ladies and gentlemen, the play is District Merchants. The actress is Christina Fontaine. <laughs> Please come check it out. They close January 20th, not January, June 24th. After that show closes, come see the complete works of William Shakespeare Bridge starring your boy, Sam Gilstrap, Luke Allen Terry, and Ben Hilzer. Over at Spotlight Theater. Tickets can be purchased at spotlighttheater.org. Do that thing. Get those tickets because opening weekend is already sold out. That's why I'm telling you not to miss their closing weekend. We already sold out. Um, We we like to do comedies and shit. You're going (laughs) to laugh. We're going to make fun of some really good plays and also try and put as much heart as we possibly can into them. Because, yeah. That's what it's about, man. Damn straight. Pew, pew, pew. I don't even need the horn anymore. Pew, pew, pew. Can I just follow you around and do that? Yes. Can I just be the horn? I would, I've got a producer now. You should totally be our horn. <laughs> I would love it. Awesome. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the producer is Dan Ribb, and our rap horn is Christina Fontaine. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> this is the Ghost Lights Podcast. You can find us on iTunes and podbean.com. Um, we're doing big things. We're not going away, folks. It's just going to be a little harder when your boy is busy. So I hope you'll stay with me. We have a contest coming soon for our new logo. I'm going to need that on that letterhead if I'm going to get some corporate sponsorships and the like. As well as always, make sure that you download our opening theme music track. It's War by the Hypnotic Brass Ensemble. Funny you mentioned Stanley Tucci. It plays during his scene in Hunger Games as he's the TV show host. That's their theme music. Nice. Um, we're going to go out on a track that one of us will probably know and love. Peace out, everybody. <laughs>